This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. I'm Pastor Dan Yazel, welcoming you to Grace Notes, an outreach of North Taranaki Methodist Parish. I invite you to sit back and relax, grab a cuppa, and listen. May God surprise us and bless us in this moment. Hello, and welcome to Grace Notes. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Pastor Dan Yazel. This week is the third Sunday in Lent, an opportunity for us to continue to reflect on our deep need for God and to hear the invitations to change, to grow into wholeness, to repent. With so much going on in the world today, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, with COVID that seems to be only growing and growing, it is so tempting to ask why and to wonder out loud, where is God in all of this? Our scriptures today hopefully will give us something to hold on to and to reflect on. Thank you for listening. May God bless you this week. first reading comes from the Hebrew Scriptures today. It is Isaiah 55. I'll be reading verses 1 through 9. Will you listen as we together await God's word to us? Oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. 
and you that have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear, and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord, while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way, and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord, that he may have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Here ends our first reading. Thanks be to God.
our New Testament lesson today comes from Luke's Gospel. Jesus offers two sayings that are followed by a parable. And the parable is meant to anchor, reinforce what he has just said. In his words, we find a call to repent, to move toward wholeness. Let's listen for God's word to us. I'll be reading from Luke chapter 13, verses 1 to 9. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, that they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? Now, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Do you think they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish, just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I've been coming, looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. And if it bears fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. Here ends our reading. Thanks be to God. Please would you pray with me now. Creating, loving, calling God. Words have traveled through time, and may they meet us fresh this day. Send grace upon grace to bless us as we listen, as we look, as we dare to imagine the great love you have for us, the mercy you give to us this day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Why? Why? It's a question that we learn to ask early on in our lives, and it's uttered again and again throughout our lifetime. Why is asked when we're first told we must share our things with friends or siblings. It's asked when we have our hearts broken and we're rejected by another for the first time. Why? It's asked when we hear that there's a terrible disease within our bodies or in the community. Why is asked when a child or a loved one dies too soon. Why? Comes to our lips when we read of airplanes that 
fall from the sky, or teenagers who are armed quickly and taught to kill, or natural disasters that claim so many lives. There is a natural response to cry out when anything shocks us or makes a claim on our lives that we do not welcome. We ask, why? And as people of faith, we can especially ask it of God. Why, God? Why do these things happen? Why do they happen to me? In our story a reading, Jesus describes two tragedies. We see the same question asked of him. Why, Jesus? Why did these things happen? Why were those Galileans murdered by Pilate? Were they bad people? Were their sins greater than other people's sins? And why were those 18 innocent people killed when the Tower of Siloam toppled onto the crowd? Had those folks done something particularly awful that led God to punish them? Jesus, come on, tell me, tell us. Why? Notice how Jesus asks this direct question to the crowds as he responds to them. Do you think they were any worse people than the people around them? Do you think that somehow they deserve what happened to them, those Galileans in worship? If they told the truth, those listening to Jesus might or would probably say yes, or at least they would think it to themselves. There was a pervasive idea at the time that somehow sin equal punishment. These people who were killed probably in some way had brought it on themselves, they might be thinking. The bigger the sin, the bigger the punishment. The ones in the temple, they must have been big-time sinners. And the others, they must have done something really bad to warrant a tower falling on them. That's probably what the crowd thought. Now, with his words, Jesus is turning people away from the temptation to speculate on the degree or the magnitude of sin as a way of interpreting bad events. Jesus does not deny that those killed were sinners. We all are. I mean, he pulls people away from the idea that they were any worse than the rest of us. How tempting is it to lift a finger and say, well, I may make mistakes, but at least I'm not as bad a sinner as so-and-so, or so-and-so. Jesus is warning them and us not to distance ourselves from these awful events by thinking that somehow our sins are fewer or they're less significant. Jesus says, don't look away from what has happened, thinking that it was somebody else just getting what they deserved, you know, nothing to see here, look away. Don't deny that it might just as easily have been us in the temple or it could have been us under the tower. When Jesus answers these questions, we hear both good news and bad news. The good news is simple. We don't suffer. The people we love don't suffer. 
because of our sins. God doesn't cause bad things to happen to good people. God doesn't cause bad things to happen to bad people. This is not the great disciplinarian in the sky punishing people for mistakes or judging us for our ignorance, blaming us for our imperfections, reminding us of our misjudgments. But having delivered this good news, Jesus counterpunches with what sounds like bad news, or at least very troubling news. God doesn't punish us or make us suffer arbitrarily, but, Jesus says, if we don't repent, if we don't embrace our need for God, if we don't move toward the wholeness that is offered through God's love, we too will be lost, we too will perish. Jesus is calling us to a change. Jesus is calling us to repentance with the warning that destruction threatens those who don't heed his word. Now, repentance means to turn around, to move in a new direction. But it also requires a radically new understanding of the time and circumstances one lives in. The fate of those killed in the temple and those who were crushed under the tower show that the time they were living in was a time of violence and death. Jesus says, don't try to disengage yourself from the times and the circumstances. Don't retreat into a false sense of security by shaking it off and thinking, well, it only happens to those who somehow must deserve it. That's to misunderstand the moment and the circumstances that one lives in. It's not time to understand the world in ways that are old and familiar. We're not to succumb or be misled by violence and destruction and say, well, that's the way it's always been or that's the way it's always going to be. To judge the time rightly is to acknowledge it as a time of Jesus and Jesus being the Messiah, whose presence is the most important piece of understanding the times since he is the bearer of God's message of judgment and grace and justice, and it's alone. He is the source of right judgment. It is possible to make any sense of what's going on around them. They must hear and respond to that invitation to change, to let go of what was, to repent, to trust that things can change and the times can be different. But that involves looking into ourselves, recognizing the profound need for God, for the source of love, the creation of everything that's good, the creator. We must acknowledge our need lies beyond ourself and our ability to make that change. Jesus called to repentance. Coming under this threat of judgment is pretty stark. To repent is a radical renunciation of sins and patterns of behavior, things that we have done for perhaps for so long and let that go in hope of forgiveness and also in a renunciation of one's former ways, a way that we've assumed things have always been and let those go to say a new way could be possible. It's all about the new way.
the way of the kingdom and the spirit is shown to us in the life and the person and the teachings of Jesus. It's a way of salvation, of wholeness from God that's wrapped up in the love and mercy that is offered in and through Jesus. And the way is one of love and service and suffering to which Jesus invites and calls followers through faith and through repentance. The resurrected Lord, this Jesus that we know is resurrected on Easter, that's the Lord that we follow, and he's a witness too, and he's the promise of this way that shows us that violence and death don't have the final say. They're not the ways of reality or the ways of the world that last. Repentance is not in the face of judgment alone. We, we don't want to change because of the fear. But it's an acknowledgement that, yes, that's the way of making, of being right, being saved, being whole. Suffering and violence and death can't be distanced from the way of disciple. They're going to be expected and they will be experienced. This is something to be discovered as we repent and as we live out our faith. Doesn't mean the path will be smooth or the way will be easy. But Jesus promises to be with us through it all. Jesus finishes this morning, or today, by telling the parable of the fig tree. And he tells the story in order to remind us just what kind of God we are blessed with who is in this covenant relationship with us. God's not like the landowner who rips us up and throws us away when we don't produce good fruit. No, instead, God is like a wise and a patient gardener who gives us a second and a third and a fourth chance to root ourselves in holy ways. This gardener, God, uh, prunes and digs and fertilizes, and then God waits waits for the seeds of divine creativity to begin to take hold in us and finally blossom into a fruitful life for the world to see. Far from a God who topples towers and murders innocent Galileans, think of our God as a gardener who has all the time in the world for us to grow into spiritual maturity and ripeness in our own season. And who knows, in God's wisdom, the whys that happen, the seemingly unfair pain and suffering and distress in the world, these whys might just give nourishment to our developing souls as we navigate through waves and wind and pain and circumstances, we discover grace and rainbows and God's love. There's a gentleman named Martin Gray who was a survivor of the Warsaw Ghetto, World War II and the Holocaust. Now, following the war, he married and he raised a family and he became successful in business. But there was, once again, time when tragedy struck in his life. There was one day his wife and children were killed in a forest fire that swept through their home in the south of France. And he was distraught after this senseless loss and 
friends encouraged him to try to launch an investigation into how and why this horrible thing had happened. But instead, Martin Gray began a passionate movement to protect nature from future fires. He explained to his friends that an investigation would focus only on the past, on issues of pain and sorrow and blame, and on accusing other people of being responsible for his misery. He wasn't interested in asking why. He was only interested in asking, now what? How can I live into the future in life-affirming, not life-denying ways? How can I live for something rather than living just against something? Repent or you will perish like they did. Repent means to turn, to turn away from asking why with a sense of entitlement to an answer that we can understand. We may not get why answered with anything more than mystery, but if we can turn toward the what now question, what next, God, turn away from blaming, blaming those in authority or blaming God or blaming the victims. Instead, turn. Stay close. Stay close to God. Stay grounded and connected in God's grace because then when those times come and we want to ask why, they certainly will come. God can and God will sustain us through those moments. God will enter into our tragedies and our deception, our doubts and our despair. God will weep with us and God will never, never abandon us. We will suffer. We will die. But we will not perish unloved and alone as we stay close to God. Today, Jesus presents us with the central dilemma, the choice of Lent. Are we stuck in the past? Or do we believe in the future? Are we living against something? Or are we living for something? Do we want answers or do we want God? This day, Jesus is offering to lift us from our sea of sorrow, from our confusion, from our pain, offering to lift us and turn us toward the mystery and the grace of God. There's the good news. That's the offer for you and for me. This season of Lent, may we turn more and more to the mercy and the grace of our God who gives us chance and opportunity again and again to draw near. Amen and amen. So that's all for today. I hope you've caught a glimpse of grace through this time. You're invited to join us for worship and fellowship Sundays at 10 a.m. at New Plymouth Methodist Church, the corner of Weardit and Powderham Street. Until next week, God's grace and peace be with you. This show was first broadcast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM, thanks to New Zealand On Air.